0: Pastor Xavier Reese and our dependence on God for resisting temptation.
1: Spiritual temptation will cause you to be presumptuous and not depend on God. You and I must resist that daily. James says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You must do both. Resist the devil and draw nigh to God. Submit to him. James 5.7
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Even in his temptation while 40 days in the wilderness, our Lord was in control, not Satan. While Satan sought to undermine our Lord's mission, God sought to underline it by having the Son of God emerge sinless as the second and last Adam. Just as Adam brought sin upon the entire race, so the victory of Christ made salvation available to all who are in him. Pastor Xavier continues our series in the Gospel of Luke today with a final study of the temptations of Christ. Let's listen. Luke chapter
1: 4, verse 1 through 13. The message entitled The Temptation of Jesus and this is part 2. The devil... Appeared to Jesus. Tempted Jesus to command a stone into bread. There was nothing wrong with Jesus eating bread. But not at this particular time. He was being tested. Representing the whole human race. As Adam. Okay? Very important. The response of Jesus was that he was going to trust and depend on the Father. He was not going to be like Adam. Jesus, as the last Adam, in verse 4, pointed to the authority over his life, the word of God. Listen to his words. But Jesus answered him, it is written. Jesus, as the last Adam, notice, pointed to the priority of life. And man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. There's the priority. The priority given to Adam was obedience to the words God gave him. God gave Adam the permission to eat of every tree freely. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he was not to eat. For the day he would, he would surely die. Genesis 2, 16 and 17. In fact, the word for word here is "rema," The spoken words. God was there in the garden with him. Face to face. He told him. He was to obey God's word. The first temptation of Jesus dealt with the body, the lust of the flesh. Notice secondly, he had the temptation of the soul, the lust of the eye. Verse 5 through 8. In Genesis 3, 6, it says, It was pleasant to the eyes, to allure. The second temptation by the devil was the offer to be ruler of the world. Apart from the plan of God. Look at verse 5. Then the devil taking him up on a high mountain. Showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him. All this authority I will give you and their glory. All authority. The right and liberty to do as he pleases has not been given to Satan. His authority is limited by God. It's false. Yes, Satan can give a man or a nation some amount of authority and glory. Limited and temporal. But he can't give it all. He doesn't possess that. The fall of Adam made man a slave of Satan through sin and death. But nowhere is it stated by God. That he gave the world to Satan, though it's commonly taught, but not true. The earth belongs to God. Yes, Satan now is a ruler and the God of this world and the prince of the power of the air, but he is a usurper, not as the rightful owner. Very important. Satan is implying that Jesus didn't have to go to the cross to fulfill. The plan of God. Notice verse 7 and 8. You have the condition to be ruler of the world. Was presented by the devil. But Jesus rejected it. In verse 7 the appeal was to the human nature of Jesus. The last Adam. Just like the first Adam. The offer stated. Therefore if you will worship me. The word worship, proskuneo, it means to prostrate oneself. To do obeisance by kneeling, falling on one's face before a superior. In this case, as if the devil was God. He's not. He's the God of this world. Small g. No God at all. The tense, the Greek scholars tell us, the error subjunctive, indicating one single act. Violating the first commandment. All it takes is one time, right? And it would have been done. Notice the promise is also stated. All will be yours. This is the same offer that was given to Eve by Satan. You shall be as gods. Genesis 3 5. Did they become gods? No, they became slaves. Not a god. The devil is protecting his limited ruling power. As a usurper, knowing that by Jesus doing it by God's plan, as the last Adam, the second man, depending on the Father, then he would dethrone Satan ultimately. He's protecting himself. Look at verse 8. The appalling suggestion was rebuked by Jesus, and it is appalling. Don't miss it. Jesus does not converse with the devil. In any of the three temptations, as Eve, but only resorted to God's word. Very important. Again, Satan will suggest, Satan will tempt, we have to resist and we have to draw nigh to God. Jesus responded by ordering the devil, and Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan. Whoa. The expression, Get behind me is an imperative command. Strong words. Being repulsed by the offer. Jesus called him Satan. Satanas, Adversary. Revealing who he really is. The enemy of God and man. Notice Jesus quoted the biblical truth about worship. For it is written in verse 8. You shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only you shall serve. Again, Jesus uses the expression for the Scriptures. It is written. He quoted Deuteronomy regarding idolatry. This is the context. Worship leads to serving, belonging only to God. Deuteronomy 6.13. Worship and service. Latrual. We get our word liturgy from. Is to be ascribed only to God. Satan was not God. Nor. In any sense. A deity. Jesus did this. As man. The second. Man. The last. Adam. Not. As God. Through his deity. Let me illustrate this. By Paul's comment in Philippians 2. 5-8. Listen carefully. The word "being" there in that text is called an antecedental condition. It means that Jesus was God before He came. He was God when He was here, and He was God when He left. He can't be anything more than that. But He became less. He took on the form of a servant. What He emptied Himself was not of His deity, but His glory. Two natures, yet He fulfilled. The defeat of Satan as man depending on the Father. Our intellect, emotions, and will are tempted every day by our senses. What we hear, what we see, what we touch, what we feel, all of that kind of stuff. People present themselves as living the dream, happy, enjoying life through their social media. But that doesn't make it true. They got pictures up with them. And you look at it and go, man, I wish I could do that. It's a lie. They're telling you they're living the dream. It's a nightmare. If we're living in a world that cares nothing about character. The believer has to be careful to not sacrifice integrity, honesty and in his witness before the world. Others compromise to take the easy way out rather than doing the right thing. Choosing the immediate benefit instead of the eternal. Listen to the words of Paul in Second Corinthians 4, 16-18. Therefore, we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory while we do not look at the things which are seen but at the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal but the things that are not seen are eternal. Perspective. That I have to readjust every time. That I have to refocus every second and minute. You know what I'm talking about? There is no cruise control in Christianity. Anytime a person bypasses the plan of God... That's revealed in the Word of God. They fall into idolatry by worshiping a thing or a person, being a slave to the one who is not God. By the lost sinner, Paul tells Timothy this, And the servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient and humility, correcting those who are in opposition, the non-believer. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. All of us were there before. But then, by the saint going back to the world, it says in Peter, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That can only be a Christian. They are again entangled in them and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. Second Peter two twenty and 21. Satan will use everything in society to have you compromise and tell you what he told Eve. Are you ready? You will not surely die. Genesis 3, 4. <laughs> wow. God seeks those to worship him according to his word and his Holy Spirit. He told it to the woman of Samaria in John 4, 24. God is seeking those to worship him in spirit and in truth. Spirit the Holy Spirit, his word... Is the truth. The Holy Spirit illuminates His word and they don't contradict. Thomas said, My Lord and my God, John 20, 28. The second temptation of Jesus dealt with the soul, the lust of the eye. And notice, thirdly, 9 through 12, the temptation of the spirit. Genesis 3, 6 says, A tree desirable to make one wise. To exalt oneself or be as God. To be presumptuous. Presumptuous. Notice verse 9. The third temptation of the devil to Jesus was to tempt God. The scene again is literal. No vision, not just mental. Then he brought him to Jerusalem. Set him on the pinnacle of the temple. The devil took the lead and brought Jesus to the city of Jerusalem, the city of God, to tempt Jesus. The particular location is twofold. Notice the temple, the word is herion. It refers to the entire temple area with all its buildings and courts. Some say it's the royal porch in the south wall. Others say it's the east wall along Solomon's porch overlooking the Kidron Valley, four to six hundred feet. Probably that's more like it, but either way. Notice the temptation was presented to Jesus and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. Once again, the statement, since you're the Son of God, affirming, not bringing down. The devil again wanted to draw Jesus out to deal with these temptations by what? By his deity. As God. But Jesus did not. He overcame the devil as a man. The last Adam, depending on God the Father, unlike the first Adam. He didn't. Yet Jesus was identical to the first Adam, the second man. Identical. Prior to the fall. Now, notice the devil tempted Jesus... To tempt God. In verse 9. Throw yourself down from here. The devil suggested that if he did something sensational. And bring attention to himself. People would notice. And accept him. And we have that in us. We just. You know we want to say people. Look at me. Look at me. No we don't want to look at you. We have this vanity in us. Narcissism. This being contrary to the plan of God. Again, through the cross. Satan doesn't want Jesus going to the cross. Look at verse 10 and 11. The basis of the devil's suggestion is backed up. Listen, listen. It's backed up by scripture. From the devil's mouth. The same word as before. The devil mimics Jesus to support his claim. For it is written, wow. Verse 4 and 8, Jesus used it. The devil attempted to use scripture, but not in context, out of context, to make it say something it does not say. This is done by so many pastors when they teach the Bible, by so many Christians. The quotation is from the psalm, Psalm 91, verse 11 and 12. The devil quoted the psalm out of context and omitted a few words. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And then he put, an in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. The psalm is a promise to every child of God for divine protection as they walk with the Lord. Indicated by the words that the devil omitted. In all your ways. That should come at the end of verse 10. He omitted them. The devil used the psalm out of context to get Jesus to prove that he trusted God by casting himself off. Which would, in fact, prove Jesus was tempting God by willfully putting himself in risk and danger. God promises to protect you as you walk with him. But you cannot close your eyes and cross the freeway that way. That's tempting God. Are we agreed? The response of Jesus exposed the devil for what he is. A liar and a deceiver. In verse 12, Jesus exposed the devil's intent. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord Yahweh your God. Whoa. The quotation again is from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 16. This is the third quote from Deuteronomy. The context is when the people tempted... And contented with God to furnish them with water at Massa and Meribah, tempting God, they said, "Listen, is the Lord among us or not?" And Deuteronomy there points back to Exodus 17:7 when they said that. Wow, they should have been depending and trusting God. They did not. They were in the wilderness. Jesus in the wilderness. The devil used scripture against scripture, a contradiction. Jesus used scripture to interpret scripture, revealing that God, his word, does not contradict itself. Look at 13. Jesus came out victorious, defeating the devil in the temptations. This includes all those during the 40 days and the three major ones. It says, now when the devil had ended every temptation. So all the 40. Jesus defeated Satan as the second man, the last Adam, depending on the father as man. Jesus demonstrated that the first Adam did not have to fail, but chose to fail by not depending on God. The devil... Left Jesus for a time, it says then. He departed from him until an opportune time. The phrase opportune time is the word kairos. It indicates a fixed specific period. It is used for like an hour, a week, summer, winter, a birthday. It can be used to will tell what kairos it is. Okay? A specific time. The devil did not stop opposing or attacking Jesus at this point. He did for now. But through people and circumstances, he continued to attack and oppose him till the very last second to try to keep him from going to the cross. Now he's defeated him here in the wilderness, demonstrating that now man would be able to also resist Satan. In the cross, he made the payment and finalized the deal. Made it possible. Spiritual temptations will be presented daily to all of us as believers, especially to those who are being used by God and want to be used. Here's some advice. Be simple, natural. Be yourself, especially in ministry. We do not become presumptuous as servants of God. When we do, we get in trouble and we mar the character of God. There are men whose entire ministry is um, based on the sensational, the emotional, more than the gospel. Make sure you are faithful as a student of the word of God. Be diligent to present yourself a proof to God. A workman that does not need to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.5. Cutting it straight. Do not tempt the Lord. For whatever a man sows that he shall also reap. A person who is spiritual will be challenged by Satan. Not by God. He'll be tempted by Satan. Not by God. And these are the words you will hear from Satan. For God does know that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open, And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. God is is trying to keep you from the good stuff. Wow. The spiritual temptation will cause you to be presumptuous and not depend on God. You and I must resist that daily. Satan will tempt you to tempt the Lord. Telling you, God will honor it. Or worse yet, that you can get away with it when clearly it violates the scriptures. James says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You must do both. Resist the devil and draw nigh to God. Submit to him. James 5.7 The third temptation of Jesus dealt with the spirit, the pride of life. Jesus defeated all the temptations, including the three major ones, as man. Now when we understand that, I can't excuse myself, I cannot blame others, I cannot justify myself, I have to take responsibility. I'm the one that does it. The major temptations here, or Jesus, fall into these three categories. The physical, the lust of the flesh, the soul, the lust of the eye, the spirit, the pride of life. And he was victorious for you and I. That we can also be victorious depending on Jesus Christ.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese breaking down the temptations of Jesus in the wilderness into the simple truths that will ensure our victory over temptation. By the way, today's message, The Temptation of Jesus Part 2, is available on CD for only $4, and we'll be including everything we heard the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is The Temptation of Jesus Part 2, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or, to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address, once again, is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please help us by including the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. James 4A promises that if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Next time, Pastor Xavier Reese has the story of one fisherman drawing to Jesus after drawing in one miraculous catch. Hope you'll be back for that.